Hello, everybody. Brian here from quantlabs.net. Just want to go over another uh, podcast here. Uh, this one's from a really good website I've been re reading more of. Uh, and I'm a follower of him on Twitter over at uh, his name, Steve Burns. Anyways, here's the article headline Warren Buffett uh, on risk and probability. First, let me talk about probability. I think. You're going to find you're going to use more about probability than anything else that you'll find when it comes to math. So here's the article again, newtraderu.com. Again, the article, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger on risk and probability. Uh, following is a transcript from a Ber Berkshire Hathaway meeting with Warren Buffett, was asked about his views on risk management for his company. He gave thorough and detailed explanations of uh, risk and probability. Can you please elaborate on your views of risk? You clearly aren't a fan of relying on statistical probabilities and highlight the need for a $20 billion cash to feel comfortable. What is the magic number and has it changed over time? Uh, he replied, yeah, well, it's a magic number and there is no magic number. I'd get very worried about someone that walked in every morning and told us precisely how many dollars of cash we needed to be secured to three sigma or something like that. But Charlie and I have had a lot of issues. We saw a lot of problems developing in an organization that expressed their risks in sigma. And we even argued sometimes with the appropriateness of how they calculated their risk. Munger injected, it was truly horrible. Colorful Charlie, that's what they call him. Now, you might be thinking, why would I uh, sit here and talk about these two, what most people would say, these old geezers, um, you know, 80 plus, let's say. Well, quite simple in responses. Once you start building at a $100, $150 billion company, let me know, and I'll start listening to you. Until then, you know what to do. What does uh, Buffett say about risk? He continued, yeah, and they were a lot smarter than we were. That's what's depressing. We have both the same band of mind whereby we think about worst cases all the time. Then we add on a big margin of safety. We don't want to go back to go, I mean, in, I enjoy tossing these papers on the other room, but I don't want to do it for a living again. So we undoubtedly build in layers of safety, but others might regard as foolish. But we've got 600,000 shareholders, and we've got members of my family that have 80% or 90% of their net worth in the company. I'm not interested in explaining to them that we went broke because that there was a 100 to 1% chance that they would go broke, and the remaining probability was filled by the chance of doubling our money, and I decided that was not a good gamble to take we're not going to do that he also said doesn't matter i mean that much we never we're not we we are never going to risk what we have and need for what we don't have and don't need we still find things to do where we can make money but we don't have to stretch to do it it's my job and Charlie thinks the same way we don't have to talk about it much but it's our job to figure out and what we really can go wrong with this place. 
we've we've been September 11th and we've been September of 2008. And we'll see other things of a different nature, but similar impact in the future. And we might only want to sleep well on those nights. And we want to be thinking about things to do with some excess money we might have around. He also said, so if you're calibrating it in some mathematical way, I would say it's really dangerous. I could give you a couple of examples on that, but unfortunately, I've learned about them on a confidential basis. Some really great organizations have had dozens of people with advanced mathematical training and thinking about it daily, making it daily uh, computations, and they don't really get at the problem. It's at the end of the mind. It's at the top of the mind, always around Berkshire. Your returns in 99 years out of 100 will probably be penalized by us being excessively conservative. And one year out of 100 will survive with some people. Well, Charlie? <laughs> Munger chimes in, yeah, but how do those super smart people with all those degrees in higher mathematics end up doing these dumb things? I think it's explainable by the old proverb that of to a man with a hammer, every problem looks much like a nail. They've learned these techniques and they just twist the problem to fit the solution, which is not the way to do it. Here's their views of short selling, uh, the dangers of it. Buffett adds, and they have a lack of understanding of history. I would say one of the two things in 1962, when I set up in our office at Kiewit Plaza, where we still are, just on a different floor, I put seven items on the wall. Our art budget was seven bucks, and then I went down to the library for a dollar each. I made photocopies of pages from financial history. One of those cases, for example, was May 1901, when the North Pacific corner occurred. It's kind of interesting in terms of being in Omaha because Harriman was trying to get control of the Northern Pacific and James J. Hill was trying to control the Northern Pacific. Unbeknownst to each other, they bought more than 50% of the stock. Now, when two people buy more than 50% of the stock and they both really want it, they're not going to resell it. Interesting things happen. To the shorts, Munger, uh, interjected, but Buffett continued in that paper of May 1901, the whole rest of the market was totally collapsing because Northern Pacific went from $170 a share to $1,000 a share in one day, trading for cash because the shorts needed it. There was a little item at the top of the paper, which we still have at the office where a brewer in Troy, New York, committed suicide by diving into a vat of hot beer because he got in a margin call. To me, the lesson is that fellow prob probably understood stigmas and everything we know how impossible it was that one day a stock could go from 170 to 1,000, causing margin call on everything else, and he ended up in the vat of hot beer. I never wanted to end up in a vat of hot beer. Those seven days that I put on the wall, life and financial markets have got no relation to sigmas. I mean, if everyone that operated financial markets had never had any concept of standard errors and so on, they'd be a lot better. Don't you think so, Charlie? 
So uh, Munger answered, well, sure. It's created a lot of false confidence and now has gone away. As I said earlier, the business schools have improved. So has risk control on Wall Street. They now, they now have taken the Gaussian curve and they just changed it. They threw it away. Well, they just made a different shape than Gauss did. It's a better curve now, even though it's less precise. Buffett interjected. They talk about fat tails, but they still don't know how to how fat to make them. They have no idea. Well, but they know they knew that they weren't fat enough. Yeah, they learned the other the other was wrong, yeah, but they don't know what's right, Buffett said. But he always knew that there were fat tails. Warren and I at the Sullivan meeting would look over at one another and roll our eyes when the risk control people were talking. Do I need to say any more? If you like what you hear, oh, no, there is more. Oh, is there? Let's see. No, that's the end of it. All right, if you like what you hear, just go over to quantlabs.net slash books. Get some free tech stuff on videos and all the like. Again, that's quantlabs.net slash books. Let me know what you think. And we'll talk to you later.